Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. And so, Father, we just come before your word. As we read the Bible, as you, we read what you've, you've given us, Father, we submit to it. We bow our hearts, we bend our knees. Father, any thought, any, anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of you, Father, we rebuke it and we bow our hearts and we invite the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we started last week uh, with this series of soil sifters with the freeing thought and no, I, no, notion that we can't make anyone grow. We, we can't make anyone grow. In fact, it, we can't really even make ourselves grow, but we can help condition the soil. I'm going to read out of Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 20. Uh, this was our key text, and it will be for the next uh, couple of weeks. It says this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Uh, after he told them a parable about the, the farmer who went and planted his seed, they didn't understand it, and so he explains it to them here. He says to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any of the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy, but they have no root in themselves. They are short-lived. When the pressure or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately stumble. Others are sown among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the worries of this age, the seduction of wealth, and the desires for other good things enter in and choke out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But the ones sown on good ground are those who hear the word, welcome it, and produce a crop 30, 60, and 100 times what is sown. Last week we, we talked about the trodden soil, the, the, the seed sown on the path. And, and this is the, the soil that it's, it's our preconceived notions. This is our habits. These are our, uh, our, the pathways of our lives that we trample down. And the only way to condition that soil is through humility. Because just something is your tradition or your habit doesn't make it right. When I come to the word and something says something that just it doesn't go along my, my pathway of my habit, if I don't humble myself and allow the Lord to till that up, that seed will be snatched away so fast. That was last week. Um, today I want to look at the rocky ground, the rocky soil. We're going to pull out our gardening gloves, and this is, I'm going to read this portion again, the rocky soil. And these are the ones sown on the rocky ground. Okay, pay attention. So this is the one we're going to talk about today. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. Hallelujah! But they have no root in themselves. They are short-lived. When pressure or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately stumble. Okay, this is what we're going to focus on today. And I want to start by saying this. Rocky soil, rocky ground, and I'm talking about us as humans, if, we're, if we have rocky soil, rocky soil loves to receive words quickly. Rocky soil, like, oh, hallelujah, oh, amen to that, shabba baba, that's the, oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, those are good, that's a good way to receive it. 
But even rocky soil receives it that way. You can be the most excited person in a church service and still be rocky soil. Okay? Your, your ability to receive seed doesn't, doesn't mean it's going to take root in you. Saying amen to the word is very important. But both the rocky soil and the good soil say amen to the word. The enemy has a hard time stealing these seeds because if you've seen rocky soil, the seeds can fall in and they hide under the, they go right in. It receives it very quickly. So the enemy just waits these seeds out. Rocky soil has some very serious problems. One, it holds water poorly. If you, if you pour water on rocky soil, it just sifts right through. It's super fast and out, right down the drain. Good dirt, good soil, holds a, some of the moisture so that the conditions can be just right. But the rocky soil, it just the moisture goes right on through. Rocky soil has fewer nutrients. It doesn't have the things that the seeds need to eat and grow and develop. In fact, the water comes, the rain comes, and it washes the good nutrients right through the rocky soil and out the other end. Another problem with rocky soil is it creates weak roots. Rocky soil makes the, the roots of a plant very weak, thin, and anemic. Um, let me show you a picture of a carrot here, if, if I have it up there. Yeah. So if you've ever had carrots that grow weird like this and create these forks, and these, it's because you've got rocky soil. A carrot is a root. We eat this particular root. But the, the carrot, as it grows, as this root grows, if it hits a rock, it stops growing this way and starts to spread out. And then the result is the root becomes, you get these, and they don't taste as good either. They have a bitter taste to them. Uh, they, they create weak roots, easily uprooted. This is a problem with rocky soil. If your soil's not deep, you may have good soil right here, but if you've got rocky soil underneath, the carrot will start to grow and it'll go out. Our soil is important. So when we say yes, amen, to whatever good word it is, whether I'm reading in the scripture, whether I'm hearing a worship song, somebody speaks it to me, or, or I hear it in a sermon, and it's, oh, this is a great word, yes, amen, 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 hallelujah, whatever it is. And the condition of your soil still matters. You've started, you've started good by saying amen to the word, yes and amen. Ours is the yes and amen, right? But the condition of our soil still matters. There is a seed that grows really well in, in, in the rocky soil, and that's called a weed. <laughs> right? I, I was out here this morning in the parking lot, just, I was walking around the church, and even in cement, weeds find a way to grow. Weeds are not the things you need in your life. This is the garbage in your life that wants to destroy. In fact, weeds destroy even the cement if we don't take care of them. The good seed needs good soil. So it's important that we look at how we get rid of the rocks in the soil, how we do that work, how we, how we look and examine and be honest with ourselves where there's areas that we are really rocking and we need to not rock so much. <laughs> Nothing wrong with rock and roll, all right? But before we do, I want to start by a little bit differently 
Because there's a very serious implication in the parable that Jesus says. Okay? Very serious implication that, that's easy to miss if you are a speed reader through the scripture, right? I've been guilty of that, right? I got, oh, I got to check off my list. In fact, my list is what fell out on the floor here today. It's my Bible reading plan. Oh, I got to get through my, my three chapters or five, whatever it is, I got to get through it and check it off. And so you can start to speed up and you miss some of the beautiful nuance of Scripture that the Holy Spirit wants to point out in you. And this is a, in, this, in this, when Jesus is talking about the rocky soil, there's this little nuance here that it's easy to miss. He says this. Well, hold on, I got to get it right. Here it is. Okay, they receive it with joy, but they have no root in and of themselves. Okay, so this is something very important to look at. We can sit in a church service and be like, hallelujah, hallelujah, but if I don't have any root in and of myself, look at this. They have no root in and of themselves. And so they are short-lived. We, we are a people that love the fruit, the apples, the beauty of the tree. We, we love it. Am I right? But the root is way more important than the tree. The root is way more important than the Fuji apple that you get to eat. In fact, if you're talking about an apple tree, if you were to take a seed from an apple and you want to do the, the, the process of germinating and all of that, you can expect a seven to ten year process before that seed ever produces a good fruit. The hard work of the roots, of the, of the growing, of the germinating, this is, this is the thing. We can be a very excited people, but if we don't allow the root to take place in my life and grow out and create a firm foundation, if all I'm going after is the fruit, the fruit, the fruit, and I never spend any time letting the root grow, I'm the rocky soil. I can go to the greatest revival service of all time and say amen and jump up and down all day long, but the, but the very second I walk away, I have, I'm, I'm, depending on the, the, I'm depending on that prophet's word and his roots or my parents' roots, or my friends' roots, and then I walk out into the world without any roots because I'm depending on Billy Graham's roots. I didn't allow any roots to grow in my life. I was just excited because Billy Graham had this great word. He had a great root. So I'm walking out, and the minute something comes, the minute pressure or persecution, I'm out. It's done. I'm over. Because I didn't have roots of my own people. Yeah, we need, to be, we need to be excited about the word and receive it, but we have to have roots. I've known so many people. As a youth pastor, this was the most obvious. There would be kids that would show up at youth group because they started dating one of my students. And I'd be like, oh, hey, good to meet you. And I knew they weren't saved. But all of a sudden, they, they're Christians because they wanted to date this princess of the, of the Lord that, who loved Jesus. Now, she was being an idiot and dating somebody who didn't love Jesus. But all of a sudden, this person, oh, I'm a Christian too. I'm a Christian too. How do I? Oh, yeah, I'm saved. I'm totally saved. Yep, praise the Lord. The minute, we, I can, oh, the second they break up, boom. I don't believe in any of this. It's the truth. What, what happened there? That person was using someone else's root system, and they could sit in youth group, they could say amen, they could raise their hands in worship, they could go to the conference, but they never let roots grow in of themselves. So the minute their support structure was gone, they're gone. 
Now, students, we do, we do this the same thing. Oh, my parents love Jesus. I come to church with them. I raise my hands with them. I, I go to the conferences with them. But the second I go out to college, I'm out. You, can't let, you cannot live on your parents' roots. Amen. You can't live on Pastor Andy's roots. You can't live on the worship team's roots. Amen. You have to do the time and let the roots grow so that the fruit of your life, no matter what comes, I, I, I can have a, an army come against me and I may be destroyed, but I won't fall. Because my roots have grown deep and I'm secure and I will never, ever deny the Lord my God. We cannot live on other people's roots. Now, scientifically speaking, church, the roots of a plant are the organs of the plant. Not like the organs. I'm talking about the heart, the brain. These are the, the organs of your body, right? The things that if I took away from you, you'd be dead. That's what the roots are in a plant. That's why I can hack limbs off trees and they still keep growing. That's also why you can, lose an, you can lose both arms and both legs and still live because your organs are still in place. The root is the organ, the very heart and soul of the plant. The rocky soil has not allowed... The, the rocky soil are the Christians that are still on life support, if you will. What is life support? It's somebody whose organs we are allowing to function through mechanics and we're making them breathe, right? We're making their heart pump. But the real test is when I pull the plug and the artificial organs are done, is that person still going to live? And it's the same question for us as we examine our soil, our hearts. If I were to pull the plug, if I were to take everything away from you, your family, your friends, if I were to throw you in, into the lion's den of life, would I still breathe? Would my heart still beat and say, Jesus? Or would I fall flat and be like, hey, I'm with you, I'm out, I, okay, I'll bend my knee to anything. As long as, you, as long as you won't kill me. This is the truth test. This is, this is how we know where our rocky soil is. And we've got to be honest with ourselves about it too. What are, so, the, what are the vital things? In fact, when, when, my, when, when we as a staff were praying in, into coming back and all of this, we're like, what, are, what is the Lord saying? And one of the things we felt the Lord saying is we need to focus on the basics of Christianity. These are the basic things. I know we, we, we love to talk about the end times and revelation and discernings, all of these things. Those are good, and we do those things. But there are some basic, 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 basic things that are the heart and the root system of your faith. That if I don't allow those to develop, and when I say develop, I mean they are so firm in me that nothing could ever budge me. I will never be open-minded about anything against those things. I know that's terrible to say in today's culture, but I'm inviting you to be hard-headed about the faith in Jesus Christ. If you don't have a resolute, strong foundation that no matter what, I would never go against Jesus, then you don't have developed roots yet. What are some of the vitals, and I'm talking about non-negotiables. What do we call Christianity? What are the non-negotiables? Well, I'll throw a few out, and I don't have a, I, we could do lots of classes on this, and we will. In fact, we'll go back to our Growth Tracks class, uh, hopefully in November. Number one, we believe there is one God. We believe, first of all, and, and even, it seems silly to say this, but we have to say this, we believe there is a God, first and foremost. 
That's a root. I found it. You can't even question that. You have to let a root develop so strongly that I believe that there is a God. Nothing can, nothing can change that about what I believe. Now, we believe there is one God who exists in three persons. We've developed this beautiful word called the Trinity. Word Trinity is not actually in Scripture, but the the concept of God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are in all over the Scripture. And I here's a basic lesson for you that it's a children's church lesson. Here it's my apple lesson. The apple consists of a skin, it consists of the, the, the flesh. And it consists of the seeds and the core. But you know what? When I hold it, I call it my, it's an apple. None of them exist in of them. They're all part of the apple. So when I talk about the Trinity, when I talk about God, I'm not saying that Jesus is not God and God is not, I'm saying they're all apple. We believe in one God. That's a non-negotiable. You can't enter into creative thought process about these things or you don't have an organ system. We believe that mankind was created in the, God, in the image of God, and yet we fell into sin. All have sin. All of us. Nobody's the exception. We believe that with all, everything, firm foundation. We believe it. And that there is sin. That's another one of those things. There is something called sin. It's not just creative ways to look at a, a different thing. No, there is sin. And it means I have missed the mark. I'm, it's not God's standard. We believe that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, in the flesh. It wasn't in in concept. He literally came. He was born in a manger. He was born and he lived a sinless life and, and died on the cross taking on my sin. He took on all of our sin. This is a non-negotiable. This is, this is a root of our faith that goes down deep. I cannot, I cannot play with this. He died on the cross. He took my sin. And yet three days later, after having literally died, no life left in him, he rose again. Victoriously. So that I simply call on the name of Jesus and I am saved and I have eternal life in heaven. Yes, we believe in a literal heaven, a literal hell, a place of torment and a place of of eternal paradise with the Lord Jesus. This is a non-negotiable. This is a root system. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. It is useful for for rebuking, correcting, instruction in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.16 In fact, this is where I get my concepts of who God is and this is what my heart has to bow to. The Word of God. it 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 was given to us. Inspired by God. We believe the Word became flesh and dwelt among us in in Jesus Christ. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That that yes, part of that apple dwells in me now. When I say yes to Jesus. When I I receive the baptism. We believe that without faith, it is impossible to please God. We talked about faith earlier. Like, Like, I can walk for 10 years of smoky skies and still know that there's a clear sky. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that I will fear no evil, that there is a God. Even though, even though my life seems dry and weary, there is a God and I will never budge from it and I will have faith in Him. Amen. In fact, in the fact, Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. Which means that those times that seems, seems, things seem hard, that you're questioning things, that's, that's where faith is. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is standing out on a smoky day saying, praise the Lord, the sun is still here. Faith is the substance. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. This is why Paul rejoiced in his, in his sufferings and trials. He's like, this is, the, this is the testing ground of my faith. These are the root system. And I could go on and on with these basics. Prayer, baptism. We, won't, we don't have time today to just dig into all of it. But folks, Jesus warned us very vividly about the rocky soil. Folks, we gotta, we gotta let our roots develop. We have to be non-budging so that no matter what, Boom, I will never, ever move, be moved. Because if I don't have a root system, if I have not allowed roots in these basics of, of the faith to grow, I'll be dead so fast I won't even know it. <laughs> I, I, I had to tell this quick story. It has nothing to do with uh, what I'm talking about. But I, I, I like to go on field trips with my kids. I want, I want to be one of the dad chaperones, right? So I think Jilly was in the third grade, and we went on a field trip. And the, the bus driver has to do his, his spiel before. This bus driver was on the last year of his tenure at the school district, and he was not a happy camper. He, would, he was like, up here is a first aid kit. It's useless. Literally, he said this. And I'm looking at Jilly, and we're like crouching down in the seat. And he's like, he says, if, if the bus tips over by power lines, don't go out this way. You know what? You'd be dead so fast you wouldn't even know it. And, and I'm looking at these kids in the other shower. I'm about to die laughing. So this is a running joke in our family. You'd be dead so fast you wouldn't even know it. I want to say this. If you have not allowed the roots and grabbing onto the foundations of faith that, to develop in your life, when you walk out, you'll be dead so fast you won't even know it. When roots are weak, it does not take much to just blow it all over. I have a quick picture I want to throw up here of a tree that, that never really, it, it only grew on the, on the sod at the top. As soon as the wind came, boom, it's over, right? Just, it just rips the sod right up. It never, because it was, the sod was put on rocky soil. So when a, when a strong wind came, the root system was really weak. It was anemic and boom, that's pretty sweet. I'm hoping my house doesn't do that, all right? But the other thing is when a root is strong, when I've allowed the time and, the, and, and, the, and the, the perseverance and the faith to develop, those roots can destroy the foundations of the enemy. A root system, I mean, Eugene, you've seen that he had this tree that was shooting straight towards his foundation. He's like, we gotta cut this down. It's gonna destroy my house, right? Because this is the truth. A root can go straight through stone if it's strong, if you allow it. And this is the strength that the Lord is imparting into you if you will allow him to develop the, the, the good soil in you. Can't be someone else's root system. You can't live on my roots. You can't live on your friend's root. You can't live on your boyfriend's root. You can't live on anyone else's root but your own. Or you'll be dead so fast you won't even know it. It's time to take ownership of the truths of, of the faith. Take ownership of that. I want to end with this happy thought. <laughs> All right, I have, I have a promise for you that I, it's not a fun one to say, but pressure and persecution will come. It just is what it is. In this world, you will have trouble. 
When you breathe your last and go to heaven, guess what? Persecution, pressure, uh, trouble, that's not happening ever again. But in this world, you will have trouble. But fear not, the Lord says, I've overcome the world. Amen. When Jesus was talking about this, the, 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 the roots, that were the seed that was planted in rocky soil, it's, he said this, when pressure or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately stumble. They are dead so fast they wouldn't even know it. But this is good news because Jesus led the way. This word pressure, it's, it's one of my favorite words in the scripture, one of my favorite Greek words. And if and when you go to Israel with me someday, in fact, not this spring, but the next, we're going again, I'll take you to a place called the Garden of Gethsemane, which is translated the, the place of pressing. This is the place Jesus prayed and experienced this Greek word called philipsis. And in that garden, the reason it was called the place of the press is because that's where this giant olive press was. And I got a picture of what an olive press looks like. And here's what they would do. They'd put the, the olives in this basket. They'd put the baskets uh, in, this, in this spot and put, and put it in the press. And then they would attach the first rock to it and it would start crushing. Flipsis, the pressure. And the oil would ooze out of that. And they would take that first oil and that first oil was the anointing oil. It was holy. It was to be used for only holy purposes. They'd take the second one and it would crush it some more. That was your cooking oil. That's what you would use to cook your food. The third one, you put that on, it would crush even more. It was dirtier oil. And that was the stuff you use for, for the light of your lamps. But I want to say this. The, place of, the pressure that will come in this world, the place of your greatest pressure is also, I believe, the place of your greatest anointing or at least one of your anointings. When you walk through a trial, when you walk through a pressure, when you walk through a valley of the shadow of death, and you're experiencing that pressing, and you still walk out the other side in faith, you're just oily all over with anointing. You're oily with anointing. To see other people, to speak, and, and to see them walk into freedom in that area that you were just crushed in. You just experienced the pressure in met one of my new neighbors yesterday, and, and, uh, and, he, and we, were, we were just dis discussing a lot of things, and he told me that he, he had been free from drugs. He was a drug addict for a long time, and now he leads other people into freedom. And he spends time working with the, with the p folks that are uh, addicts, and he's like, I've got so much hope for people who are addicted to drugs. Because he's seen the fruit of that. He knows that walking through that and standing in the faith at the other end. I could tell you story after story, but I'm telling you that place where you're feeling the flipsis, the pressure, when you stand in faith because you've let the roots happen, the pressure will come. The pressure will come, but when you stand in faith and at the end of the day you still say, yes, Jesus, you're so anointed. <laughs> you're just oily. He says, pressures and persecutions will come. Listen, I don't know if you'll ever experience the beatings, the whippings, the beheadings. I don't know. But persecution will come too. And it might be something as simple as, oh no, I have to go back to school. Right? <laughs> or, oh yes, my wife's clapping here. Listen, I remember very vividly, like, I, would, I got totally saved at a winter camp. And my, my brother and I were, uh, were, not, were not walking with the Lord very well. And I knew that as soon as I got back, he was, gonna, he was going to put some pressure on me. 
He was, and, and to me, and like he wasn't going to beat me, but he was, there, that's a persecution, right? And I knew it, and I'm so scared, and I knew it. And as soon as he walks in the door of my room, he, he, I had gone, he walks in, he's like, so what, are you a regular Charlie Church now? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and he walks away. About 30 minutes later, he comes back, and he's like, me too. <laughs> what happened there? Like, had I just been like, no, no, it's, I'm totally cool. We, we could have gone on being idiots. But because I withstood, it was just a simple, silly persecution. But it anointed me to even allow my, lead my brother right back into the presence of the Lord, too. Pressure and persecution come, but yes. If I have allowed that root system to grow, it own, the pressure and persecution just becomes an anointing for me to see the kingdom of God come. Worship team, could I have you come up, please? We're going we're gonna to conclude just to some time in the presence of the Lord in worship. But this thought occurred to me yesterday as well, because I've seen all these, all these raised flower beds, right? They, they build them like two feet high, and then they put all this really yummy soil in there. And, and uh, why is it? Because their soil is not good enough. And so I just had this thought. How can I get good soil in my life? Well, maybe if I raised a hallelujah, <laughs> if I raised the beds of my life and just lifted my, lifted my heart and my soul to the Lord and allowed the raised beds in my life, praise, praise does the work that I can't mentally do. And so I want to conclude in praise. I want to conclude with the Holy Spirit speaking to each one of us more than just saying amen to this word, which we should do, let's examine and let the Holy Spirit pull rocks out if necessary. And as we worship the Lord, allow the good soil to be dumped in my life. You stand with me.